This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This week on the Relic Radio Show, The Whistler begins our hour of radio drama with his story from March 27, 1949, titled Beyond the Wall. After that, it's John Steele Adventurer and Inside Story. That episode aired August 7, 1951. Signal Oil Program. Yes, the Signal Oil Program. The Whistler. That whistle is your signal for the Signal Oil Program. The Whistler. whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Yes, friends, it's time for the Signal Oil Program, The Whistler, rated tops in popularity for a longer period of time than any other West Coast program in radio history. And Signal Gasoline is tops, too. Tops in quality. It takes extra quality, you know, to give you extra mileage. And Signal is the famous go-farther gasoline. So look for the Signal Circle sign in yellow and black that identifies independently operated Signal stations from Canada to Mexico. And now the Whistler's strange story. Beyond the Wall. There are some words that hit a man like an electric shock, and Marty Fisher had just heard them. He was standing at the head of the line of prisoners, as he always did on visitors' day. But this time, he didn't smile at the guard, pick up his card, and move casually on toward the wire wickets at the far end of the room. This time, he stood paralyzed, rooted before the battered oak desk, staring at the man who sat behind it. What's the matter, Marty? Didn't you understand me? I said your wife didn't show up today. But she told me she'd be here. Sorry. Next. Look, check the waiting room, would you? Maybe the roster's wrong. Maybe she didn't get a name. She isn't here. Now, look. There's still a half hour of free time. Go on back out to the yard. She's never missed a visitor's day in five years. I got news for you. There's always a first time for everything. A lifer like you ought to be able to figure that out. Next. Yes, you can figure it out, can't you, Marty? You've seen it happen before to hundreds of others here at the state prison. And now you wonder if it's happened to you. For months, even years, a woman will show up at the visitor's cage every Wednesday, wearing a smile and murmuring soft words. And then one Wednesday, she doesn't come. And after that, if there is another time, there are excuses. The words are a little less soft, the smile a little more forced. Yes, Marty, you've seen it happen before. Now you turn, half stumble out of the room, and walk slowly down the gravel path to a bench in the sun. Well, well, Marty, old man. Didn't expect you out so soon. Sit down. Yeah. She didn't show up, hmm? Well, she's an attractive woman, bound to happen. Shut up. I'm told there are an amazing number of desirable men who are not in prison. I said shut up. Of course, your wife might have come down with a headache, or had an appointment with a dentist, or been busy with a church supper. They ought to be there, and I'll break your uh, head. Uh, 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 don't get excited, Marty. You know what happens to those of us who get excited. All right, then leave me alone. Of course. Ah, 
I know how you feel, Marvy. But don't worry. You'll get over it. Why, in no time at all, you'll forget you ever had a wife. Okay, okay, so I'll forget. I'm sure you will. <laughs> However, it won't be so easy to forget the money, will it? What money? <laughs> no, no, Marty. What money? Let me see now. I recall that payroll job of yours. Plant guard was killed. $75,000 was missing. The money was never recovered. I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me, Marty. Does your wife know where the money is? Look, Baron, I told you a million times I don't know anything about 75000 bucks. Now forget it. Oh, very well, my boy. However, I've been thinking... I, um... I might be in a position to do you some good one of these days. Yeah, sure, sure. From the outside, that is. What are you going to do, gnaw your way to the war? <laughs> well, at least there's some reason to believe that I'll be out of here before long. You've heard of paroles, haven't you? You getting a parole? I think so. And the connection that's fixing mine could uh, probably get you one. Ah, uh, here's the yard bell. Beauty calls. I don't want to be late. They're so fussy at the machine shop, you know. But we'll talk about it again, Marty. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, and about your wife, Marty. Don't worry. She really might have had an appointment with the dentist. Well, that's her. As you walk back to the prison library, you try to convince yourself that you've been all wrong about Helen, that there must have been a good reason to prevent her from coming today. You tell yourself that she'll be here the next time. Yes, you're sure she will be. Aren't you, Marty? The days drag by, agonizing days filled with suspense. And then finally, next Wednesday, you're sitting in the visitor's room... Looking at Helen on the other side of the screen. Hello, Marty. Hello, baby. I'm I'm sorry about last week. Yeah. I just couldn't get here, Marty. I was feeling terrible, the old headaches again, and worse than ever. Yeah. You're not mad, are you? No. Should I be? I wanted to come, Marty. Honest, I, I want... said it's okay. Marty. Nick Hellman came to see me last night. Hellman. The sucker I was to let him handle my case. It could have turned out worse, Marty. Uh, if he had any brains, he could have figured an alibi for me. Get me an acquittal. What do you want? He said he might be able to help you. Yeah? Yeah, he said he had connections. And he might be able to get you out only. Only. Sure. Only it costs dough, and I don't have any, baby. Said I didn't have any dough. I. All right, Marty. You don't believe me anymore, do you? I think I did pull that jab. Marty, out. please. You I figure I got that seventy-five grand sold it away somewhere. Marty, don't you? listen to me. I love you. I love you, and I want to be with you. But I want you out of here. Listen, I ought to. All right, Marty. All right. I was only telling you what Hellman said. Didn't finish, baby. What? You're supposed to ask me where the dough is. You tell him and everything is keen, huh? Marty, I'm please. out just like that, huh? Don't oh, kid me. I know, Hellman. Look. You tell him to forget about it. All right, Marty. And Helen. Yes? I think you better forget about it, too. <laughs> You're determined no one is going to get any part of that 75000 aren't you, Marty? And in the weeks that follow, there's no further mention of the money or of Helmut. Your wife doesn't miss a single visit, and you begin to realize how foolish it was of you to suspect that something was wrong, that Helen had found someone else. 
Then one Sunday morning at the prison chapel, it's the Baron sitting next to you who has something to whisper into your ear. Marty. Yeah. My parole came through. That's fine. Why tell me about it? I can do you some good when I get out, my boy. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> the way things are going, you'll need someone to look out for your interests. What do you mean by that? Some friends of mine on the outside, Marty. They've been checking things for me. Like what? You ever hear of a man called Johnny Rigo? No. Your wife has. What did you say? My contacts tell me she's been running around with him. Keep your head down, Marty. The guards. Well, what are you handing me, Byrne? I'm telling you. Your wife and Rigo. They're pretty palsy wealthy. It's an old gag, Baron. You're wasting your time. As you wish, my boy. But if your wife gets her hands on that 75 grand, <laughs> well, you can kiss her goodbye. She's gone with friend Rigo. And I'm supposed to tell you where the dough is, huh? So you can protect it for me. <clears throat> That's the general idea, Marty. Forget it. I'm getting out in three weeks. Think it over. You can sit here, do nothing, give your wife a chance to get her hands on the dough. Or you can tell me where it is. I said to forget it. <laughs> you don't have much chance, my boy. No choice. You can trust me or your wife and stay here the rest of your life. <laughs> With the prologue of Beyond the Wall, the Signal Oil Company brings you another strange story by The Whistler. Which of these parts could your car get along best without engine, transmission, differential, or front wheel bearings? Well, the answer, obviously, is that it couldn't even run without a single one of these vital parts. That's why the mailing card which Signal dealers are sending out this month showing a bluebird feeding a nestful of hungry mouths has the caption, Don't Neglect a Single One. And right now, with increased spring and summer driving just ahead, is the time to put these vital parts of your car on a lube diet that will keep them singing. For your engine, that means draining out winter-weary oil and refilling with Signal Premium Compounded Motor Oil. This improved-type Signal Oil does so much more than just lubricate because it combines 100% pure paraffin base with scientific new compounds then have your signal dealer drain the transmission and differential and refill with proper summer weight gear lube. And at the same time, ask your signal dealer to clean and repack your front wheel bearings. When you've had this work done by an experienced signal dealer, you can sail confidently into a summer of carefree driving, knowing that these vital parts on your car will stay young because you haven't neglected a single one. You're not greatly concerned about the money from the payroll robbery, are you, Marty? You're certain no one will ever find it. But you are worried about your wife, Helen. And you wonder if the Baron was telling the truth about her and Johnny Regal. Before you plan your next move, you decide to check your story. Several days later, you're working in the prison library when one of the trustees comes in, returning an armful of books from the hospital. Hi, Marty. Yeah, the books, pal. Oh, uh... Help me check them all. Sure. Hey, by the way, one of the guys wanted me to ask you. It's about his favorite magazine. You got it? What is it? Popular Mechanics. <laughs> you get it, Popular Yeah, Mechanics. yeah, I get it. Well, what'd you find out? Baron wasn't stringing you. Your wife and this Rigo guy sure are seeing a lot of each other. All right. What about Rigo? Well, the boys don't know much about him. 
Good luck in swell dresser. Lives in a house over on Marvell Boulevard, 2240. Sorry, pal. Sure. Sure. Well, what is it, Marty? Ready to talk about the money? Yeah. Yeah, Baron, I'm ready to talk about the money. But you're going to have to earn it. If the cut's big enough, okay. It'll be plenty. Half. Thirty-seven thousand. Thirty-seven thousand. Five hundred. All right, all right. And, uh, what made you change your mind, Marty? To tell you I had that, though? No, no. I've always believed you stashed that roll, but you're not cutting me in just because I have royal blood. No. To pay you for the risk you're going to run. Risk? Yeah. Look, Baron, your parole's coming up when? Two weeks? Two and a half. What's that got? It's got everything to do with it. That truck, they have you running a town every month. This will be the last trip before you get out. Right. You're not making that last trip, Baron. I'm not making the trip, but I... I'm making it. But they'll expect me to... You? Yeah, that's right, me. I get this. Won't be any trouble. The way they make the check, it's always been you. You've always behaved yourself. The perfect trustee. I can't do it, Marty. Not even for what you've offered. It's too big a chance. If I messed up my chance at parole... You'll I'd... do it. You won't mess up anything. All you gotta do is keep away from the guards. Hang around where I work and wait. I'll be out and back in again in three hours. I got it all time, Baron. You got what all time? What's so important? Why do you have to go out there? And how do I know you'll be back? I'll be back. It's the money, Baron. In two and a half weeks, I could handle it for you. <laughs> Sorry, I don't trust anybody. Hmm. But I have to trust you. If you want, 37000 37500 All right, all right. Do you want it? How do I get it? I'll stash your half of the dough someplace where you can find it when you get out. Okay. Look, why don't you let me take care of everything for you? I'll be out now. Look, chum, it's my way or nothing. Uh, Marty, I guess I ought to tell you. Tell me what? I've been up to the administration building several times in the last couple of weeks. I happened to find out something. You did, huh? I heard they were going over your files again. There's a chance your case will hit the parole board in another six months. What are you handing me? That's what I heard, Marty. <laughs> You're not telling me this to sort of discourage me from taking that trip into town, eh? Well... Or is it that you want to be sure I come back? I'm telling you because it'll save both of us from sticking our necks out. Now, Marty, listen. I've always leveled with you. Sure, sure. You have some contacts in the administration building. Check it. I want to get this settled first. What do you say, Baron? Do I take your place in the truck? <sighs> yes, Marty. I suppose you do. That's all, Marty. All you need. The Baron's cooperation in that one round trip into town. By the end of the week, you're ready. The steady rain makes a heavy oil slicker excusable. A rain hat that can be pulled low over the eyes. In the machine shop, the Baron starts the truck, runs it out into the yard, has it inspected, and then drives off. No one pays any attention as he swings around past a loading platform, momentarily out of sight of the inspecting guard, and makes the switch with you. The truck doesn't even slow down, only now you're at the wheel, Marty. Thankful for the rain that helps your plan work. A plan that will take care of your wife's boyfriend, Regal, and helps you drive out the service gate with no one knowing. An hour later, you drive the truck into the railroad station, back it up to the loading platform, and climb down. Can I help us load it, Jack? No, no, I don't feel so good. Go on over and get some coffee. Ah, you guys. All the same. <laughs> yeah, if you only know, brother. 
you only knew. Away from the railroad station, you break into a half run. Rigo lives several blocks away, and you don't want to be gone too long. Approaching the place, you slow down, moving carefully. When you reach 2240 Marvell Boulevard, the house is dark. That's something you hadn't counted on, Marty. Rigo isn't home. The place is empty. You stand there, wondering what to do, realizing that precious minutes are running out. And then a car swings into the drive. You press back against the house, hidden by the shrubbery. It's Rigo, all right. And he's driving into the garage. Perfect, isn't it, Marty? Almost too good to be true. You run forward silently and reach him before he shuts off the motor. Well, get out, Rigo. Sit tight. That's right. We haven't met. You don't know much about me. It's okay, Rigo. I'm not sensitive if you're not. Now, look, I... Get up. Open that door. No, don't turn the motor off. We're in the garage. The fumes will... I know what the fumes will do. Listen, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have to know too much, Rigo. Just that some guys don't like their plans interfered with. Plans? Can it, can it? I'm talking now. I'm running a show. You're out of your mind. Let me out of here. Hold it, Rigo. What do you want? Stop your squirming, pal. It'll be over in a minute. Just gonna tap you on the chin. What? Put you to sleep for a while. Carbon monoxide fumes will put you away for good. Look, who are you? The name is Fisher. Marty Fisher. Fisher? Marty Fisher? Yeah. Ah, you know. It's all over quickly, isn't it, Marty? You leave the unconscious Rigo in the car with a motor running. You close the garage doors and hurry back to the railroad station. An hour and a half later, you're approaching the prison gate. Everything has gone according to plan, hasn't it, Mark? There hasn't been the slightest slip-up. <laughs> right on time, just a little luck in a hole. Okay, okay. Who do you think you are, a real parent? <laughs> All right, what are you waiting for? Take it through. Right. You're clear so far, aren't you, Marty? Then you swing the truck around the loading platform where you agreed to meet the Baron. Only he isn't there. The Baron isn't there. You slip the heavy raincoat off and the hat, toss them on the seat and step out of the truck. You're about to walk away when he comes towards you. Baron, where are you? Skip it. Let me in there. Oh, wait. Give me the loading papers. Loading papers? You have them, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in your truck, Baron. I'm waiting for you back there and unload. You know, we're all right here. I can talk. Where'd you hide my half of the money? The money? I... Don't like the way you said that, Marty. You don't, huh? No. Yeah. You're not getting any ideas about changing your mind. Now that you're all set, I mean. I never changed my mind. Go on. It's been made up from the beginning. <laughs> you know something, Perrin? Like I always said, there isn't any 75 grand. Why, you... Hey, per- see, Perrin, you don't want to fight with me. You got too much to lose. That parole, it's coming up. The way you had it figured, huh? Bait me with that money, then use me. <laughs> and I can't talk. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think you will. Maybe, Marty. Maybe. And maybe not. Figure the odds, Baron. I have. You're clear in two and a half weeks. If you keep quiet, you shoot your mouth off and bring no parole and no money. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple, sucker. You don't talk. There's only one good thing about this place, Marty. You're here. And for life. <laughs> Glad it makes you happy, chum. Only for a reason that you'll never know. Right now, I'm glad I'm here. 
Whistler will return in just a moment with a strange ending to tonight's story. If you're like most drivers, balmy spring days such as we have at this time of year make you want to head your car for the open highway and go somewhere. And going places just naturally makes you more concerned about gasoline mileage, the thing Signal Gasoline is famous for. Mileage, in fact, has been one of the principal reasons for Signal's amazing growth in popularity. Starting with a mere handful of stations in Southern California, Signal's popularity has grown and grown. Until today, Signal stations serve six western states from Canada to Mexico. And wherever Signal is sold, it is known as the go-farther gasoline. But mileage, mind you, is just one of the benefits you enjoy when you switch to Signal. After all, to give you such good mileage, today's Signal gasoline has to help your motor run more efficiently. And when your motor runs more efficiently, you also enjoy more flashing pickup, more responsive power, the things which make driving more fun. That's why whether you want performance or mileage, you want Signal, the famous go-farther gasoline. Yes, Marty, it all worked out, didn't it? And the man who helped you, the Baron, is the last man in the world who would dare to reveal you. He doesn't even worry you in the remaining two and a half weeks before his parole. And you're there, smiling with the others to shake his hand as he heads for the tailor shop to exchange his denims for a blue serge suit. He'll be wearing it for a while, won't he? Because the Baron is not a rich man. And your money, the 75000 from the payroll robbery, will be waiting for you when you're on the outside. But that's the future, isn't it, Marty? You have the present to think of. Helen's paying you a visit, and you want to see how she acts, how she feels now that her boyfriend, Rigo, is out of the way. You're amused, pleased with yourself as you face her through the wire mesh screen of the visitor's room. Hello, Helen. Marty. What is it? You, uh, look like you've been crying. Yes, Marty. Oh, Marty, something terrible's happened. Has it? Marty, I asked you for the money again and again. I, I never told you the real reason. Doesn't but... matter. There isn't any money. I loved him that much. You see, Marty, I guess I'll never stop loving you no matter what you've done. Only. Well, now there's nothing more I can do. What are you talking about? There was a man, Marty, a prominent man. And he was convinced you were innocent. And he was in a position to do things. Do things? Yes, he'd been talking to the parole board for months. And, and with a little more time to work on it, he was sure you'd be free soon. I know, Marty, I know. I've been working with him constantly. Wait a minute, what? You... You mean this man would fix it so I'd get out of here? Yes, Marty. You'd have been free. But now I don't know where to turn because... Because Johnny Rigo... Jo Johnny Rigo? Yes. Johnny Rigo can't do anything for us anymore. Something happened to him in his car. He died in his garage from carbon monoxide fumes. whistle be your signal for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler, each Sunday night at this same time. Brought to you by the Signal Oil Company, marketers of Signal gasoline and motor oil and fine quality automotive accessories. Signal has asked me to remind you to get the most driving pleasure, drive at sensible speeds, be courteous, and obey traffic regulations. It may save a life, possibly your own. Featured in tonight's story were Tony Barrett, Wilms Herbert, and Evelyn Scott. The Whistler was produced by George W. Allen, directed by Gordon T. Hughes, based on a story by Jackson Gillis and Robert Eisenbach, with music by Wilbur Hatch, and was transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. The Whistler is entirely fictional, and all characters portrayed on The Whistler are also fictional. Any similarity of names or resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Remember at this same time next Sunday, another strange tale by The Whistler. Marvin Miller speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
Take one man with a talent for trouble. Add the orange flash of gunfire and hunted footsteps echoing in the night. That's it. Inside Story, taken from the files of John Steele, Adventurer. This is John Steele, and this is the meeting place for those of you who like to give your nerves a little exercise. You know, you meet all kinds of people in this world. Some are nice, easygoing folk to whom nothing out of the ordinary ever happens. Then there are people who have an affinity for excitement. No matter where they go or what they do, things are always going on around them. Jim Hannigan was that kind. I first met Jim when I was on the police force, and he was a reporter for one of the big city papers. And sure enough, Every big case that came along, he's right smack in the middle of it. But suppose we let him tell you about one particular case, one that he was a lot closer to than I was. Jim? The first day I joined the paper, I was called into the old man's office. All the guys out in the city room said he was tough, said he had ink in his veins instead of blood. He was tough, all right, and shrewd and calculating and knowing, too. But he told me some things that day I've never forgotten. He said, Hannigan, I don't want any milksops on my paper, and I don't want any fancy dans, either. He said, I want circulation, and you don't get circulation by writing great literature or by having a heart. Smell out the story, write it in one-syllable words, and if anyone gets hurt by it, that's their lookout, not yours. I remembered, and he was right. Covered a lot of good stories, worked my way up the hard way. There was a lot of people who didn't understand, like Laurie, but I didn't let that stop me. I was coming in the office one morning late. I'd wound up the Scarlatti story the day before and been out doing a little relaxing. Uh, what do you say? Uh, good to see you. Uh, thanks, thanks. Oh, good morning, Lori. You trying to be funny? What? Oh, you too, huh? Well, after all, it is all... Yeah, right. yeah, I know. Can't a guy relax once in a while? Aspirin in your top left-hand drawer. Thanks. Any calls? Burgess Call wants to meet you for lunch. Oh, no, I can't go through I made the appointment for tomorrow. Thanks. Anything Mr. on... Taylor has the contacts ready. Good. And the old man wants to see you. Great. He sounded mad. Oh, my head. Go on in the office. Bring you some water. Yeah. Here's your hemlock, Socrates. Thanks. Oh, that ought to help. Big night, huh? Big head. Where'd you go? I don't remember after 10 or 11. Date? Yeah, I think so. Pretty? How do I know? I can't even remember what... It's nothing. What's the matter with you? Nothing at all. Well, then, just... But just for the record, Mr. Big, you and I had a small appointment last night. We did? We did. Yes, we did. And I gave up another chance to see guys and dolls. Well, now, don't let that worry. Doesn't even say sorry. Well, I'll take you to see guys and dolls. You've only been saying that for a year now. I mean it. When? Mm, Well, Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night, huh? I'll believe it when I see Sure, it. call my ticket agent. Oh, that's great. Now I have to get the ticket. Well, it's just that I'm... Okay, okay, some date. See, that did it. <laughs> Come on, honey, let's kiss and make up. Don't you dare. Baby. Panic. Hannigan. Uh, oh, that's better. Now I gotta see the old... What? I said I gotta see you the old... You beast. Baby. Oh, why do I let you do it? Well, you know me. Business first. Yes, I know you. Wouldn't want me to lose my job, would you? Oh, no. That's the last thing I'd want to happen. See? <laughs> now, let's get down to work. Character. Almost forgot. Huh? There's been a Mr. Derubo waiting to see you since 9 o'clock. Derubo? Said he knew you in school. Yeah? He's not my idea of a Yale man. I can stall him if you want to see the old man first. No, better get it over with. What? I said bring him in. Okay. The old man's going to be sore. Derubo. 
That'll be all, Miss Jones. Yes, Mr. Hannigan. What can I do for you, Derubo? <laughs> smart boy. I try to be. A little bit too smart. What's that supposed to mean? What you did to my boy, Scalati? He was a jerk. Maybe. Maybe so. You knew he was. He had a lot to learn, but he was a good boy. Depends on where you're sitting. I can't learn nothing for 15 years. We don't like that. Business risk. Well, good boys is hard to find. I got my own troubles. We don't like it to happen again. Tell your boys to be more careful. <laughs> I like you, Hannigan. Thanks. I don't want to see you get uh, sick or nothing. I see. You start playing around with City Hall. Now, look, Jerubo, this is strictly business with me. I'm not cleaning up the city or riding any white horses. You got your racket, I got mine. If it's a story, I'm going to print it. That's all. That's why I like Just you. tell your mouth to smarten up and there won't be any trouble. But when they're jerks like Scarlatti, I'll get them every time. Well, everybody makes mistakes. And that's when I catch them. I don't like that. That's too bad. Sorry to interrupt Mr. Hannigan, but there's an old man outside who wants to see you right away. Says it's important. Who is it? Didn't give me his name. Tell him I'll see him in a minute. Whatever you say. Anything else, Derubo? Oh, sure. I got plenty to say. I'm busy. I can Now, wait. look. Go on out and see the old man. I wait here. You said your piece, and I'll beat it. Go on. I like your company, Hannigan. I wait here. Okay. But I'm leaving the door open. Where is he, Lori? Out in the hall, boss. Cut that. Why didn't you bring him in? He wanted to wait out there. Okay, okay. Keep your eye on that creep. Of course. You wanted to see me? Well, I, I, I don't know what it's all about. What do you mean? The robot told me to... What the... Stop him! Stop him! You heard Dead. Hey, you all right, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. The man. Dead. What happened? I don't know. Somebody shot him. Who? Didn't see him. Just shot him and ran. Where'd you get the gun? Picked it up. Pulled the trigger. It was empty. I'll call the police. Something happened, Hannigan? You ought to know. Oh, it looks bad. What do you mean? Well, nobody out in the hall. We hear a couple of shots. Come out and find a dead guy. No, you don't. And you got the gun in your hand. You don't pin this on me? Not so loud, Hannigan. Just before he got it, he said your name. Can you prove that? See? I don't care how it looks. So what do you say? To make one mistake, and that's when I get it. Every time. You dirty... Looks nope. bad, Hannigan. You better clear out for a while. Nobody... Lay low till it blows over. Now go on before the cops come. Maybe I will. Go on. Get going. I'll see you again, Terubo. Yeah, I'll see you again. <laughs> I'd been framed and framed good. I got out fast. I knew it looked bad, but I had to take that chance. I got out on the street and headed for the nearest movie. I'd be safe there for a while, and I could do some uninterrupted thinking. Myself, I don't like the movies, but you ever sit through one three times, brother? About nine o'clock that night, I went down to the lobby and called Laurie. I gave her the names of the three most influential people I knew in town, asked her to call them, and then meet me in the theater. Then I went back to the last row in the balcony to wait. In about a half hour, I saw her struggling up the aisle. You couldn't be that hot. I couldn't, couldn't I? Well, yes, I suppose. <sighs> Sorry, I got my open stock. Thanks for coming, Laurie. How long have you been here? Since long. Aren't you busy? <laughs> I brought a couple of sandwiches. Oh, I meant to tell you. You could at least say thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. I had a fig in about five. They're great for a hangover. Eat these. You'll feel better. Yeah. Oh, there. Yes, that would fail me. What's the movie? Is that important? No, I guess not. I've seen it before anyway. It was a slander our good name in front of all the neighbors. Really? You can be most unfeeling. Unfeeling? She's awfully attractive. Oh. The girl in the movie. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Did you ever think of that? I didn't think you did. Oh, you did, did you? This is close as you become the guys and dolls. I wasn't in a position to be choosing. I think the least you can do. Shh. Oh, sorry. I'm going to have another baby. 
Oh, I say, Jen, old girl. Yes, it's true. What a lot you feel better? Uh, much. Why'd you come here? Well, I couldn't go home. First, I was going to go to your place, but then I figured that'd be the second place they'd look. What's it feel like to be the hottest man in New York? It's no fun. All the crazy things to do. What? Run away. Why? I'll tell you later. Every paper in the city has a story, pictures and everything. Me? Full page. I couldn't forget you if I wanted to. That's bad. Why? Cuts down on my time. Two days and every jerk with a nickel for a paper will know me by heart. Will you two shut up? Ah, blow. Sorry. Why doesn't he go someplace else if he wants to see a movie? Right remark of the week. Uh, did, you, did you call Jenkins? Yes. What'd he say? Sorry, can't help. What's a district attorney for? He said there was nothing he could do, and even if there were, he wouldn't do it. Hmm. Some friend. Well, you weren't exactly kind to him during the gambling investigation. That's business. I guess he figures so is this. Yeah. What'd the old man say? <laughs> well, what'd he say? He said it'd make a better story if you got out of it by yourself. Ah, that's great. How about McCarthy? Same thing. What do you mean? He said it was about time you had some heat on the back of your neck. <laughs> well, mad dog. What's this mad dog business? Well, that's what they're calling you in the papers. Mad dog murderer is still at work. Laurie, will you two shut up or do I have to call the manager? Sorry. Oh, you don't think I did it? No. You're a rat, Hannigan, but not that much of one. Oh, that's better. What do we do now? Got to do it alone, that's all. Okay, where do we start? Well, let's see, I got the gun, but that's no help. No. The old man. The only thing I remember about him was he had a wart in his left eyebrow. That eliminates all the right eyebrow warts. Now, if I wanted a hard-up old man to knock off, where would I go? City Hall. The bar. Yep, that's it. The cops find anything on him? Just his name, Cyrus P. Smith. Yeah, it had to be Smith. Couldn't be Krinkowski or something like that. Come on, Gloria. We're ever going to see the picture. We better change. Stay the there, buddy. Stay there. We're leaving. Let's go, Laurie. Got a lot to do. Tired? Oh no, I've been in training. I'm sorry it's taking so long. That's all right. Nothing like walking the Bowery to keep a girl in shape. Well, you got to be careful. Can't tell the cops from the hoods down here. All right. You know, <laughs> you're quite a girl, Jonesy. Just about run out of joints, haven't we? Oh, I mean it. I think we've talked to every bum on the street. I, uh, I know you don't want to, but I'm going to talk about it. Hardly the setting. Well, I kind of like it. Character. What do you want, Laurie? You ever think about it? Oh, never. I just go home, climb into bed, and fall right off to sleep. Come on, be serious. Why? Because I am. All right. I know what I don't want. What? I want to be able to sleep at night. I don't want to have to worry about my guy, where he is, what he's doing. What mobster he's playing hide-and-seek with tonight. Oh, I see. I want to go to bed and have him next to me and know he's going to be there every night for the rest of my life. If he isn't a big shot, well, what's the difference? As long as he likes my coffee. Guy's got to do what he likes. Some guys this guy. So why did we start talking? Oh, I don't know, Lloyd. Jim. Huh? What? Don't look now, but that crumb behind us has been following us for two blocks. Where? Don't look. Just keep walking. Uh-huh. Act like nothing's happened. We can make it to that alley. Still there? I don't know. Cuff your bag. When you pick it up, sneak a look. Still there? Walk a little bit faster. Not obvious. All right, come on, up this alley. Run. Right. Quick, hide in this doorway. That's what I mean. Shh. Running. Might be a cop. What do you want? That's be running away from me, didn't you? <laughs> I know every whole mystery. Everyone. All right, you're a smart guy. Now, what do you want? Don't make me mad. Could have almost anything. Jim. Get away from her. <clears throat> there goes my match. Don't light another. <laughs> Better not talk, huh? Yeah. Did you the fellow was asking about Cy Smith? What's it to you? Okay, you feel that way up on No, no, wait. <laughs> what do you know about it? Something. I don't remember talking to you. You didn't. I heard you asking. Oh, why didn't you I talk? we could talk business better alone. How much? 
How much are worth to you? Ten bucks. What'd you say? Hannigan? Twenty-five. <laughs> Fifty, no more. Fair enough. All right, what do you want to know? Money first. Uh, how do I know you got what I want? Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Money first. Here you are. <laughs> I haven't got my wallet. Laurie, have you got... Of course. 30, 40, 50. Yeah, now what do you want to know? Two days ago, Cy come down the street. Had a hundred bucks with him. Uh-huh, where'd he get his pay? From who? The Rubo? No. No, he was smarter than that. Who? Vincent Yetta. That's worth 50 bucks. Come on, Laurie. See you around, man. Sure. Whisper the can of Sterno sometime. Come on, Laurie. Vince Sanyetta. The name rang a bell, but I couldn't get it placed. It was there in the back of my mind like a song you can't remember, but I couldn't get it out in the open. I didn't like to do it, but I had to take the chance. We went into the nearest drugstore and found a phone booth in the back behind a counter. If we played it real smart and Laurie did the talking, we might be able to get away with it. Lieutenant Steele, please. Come on, come on. They're getting him. Take the night off again? Hey. Hello? Lieutenant Steele? About time. This is Laura Jones from the Bullet. No, I haven't seen him. But What's I... he want? He knows I'm with you. No, I said I... How? Wait a minute. The last I saw him, he was standing in the hall with a gun... You must be mistaken, Lieutenant. Come on, we're wasting time. Honest, I haven't... All right, just a minute. He wants you. You crazy? He knows where to get her. He saw us at the movie. Out of the way. You're getting fat. Women. Still? You out of your head? Now, wait a minute. I'll hang you up by the thumb. Still. I'll put you away for 20 years. I didn't do it, Still. I'll get a hold of you. I didn't do it. Where are you? Never mind. I said, where are you? If you have this call, Trace, I'll help... I don't operate that way, Hannigan, and you know it. If I can't outsmart a bonehead reporter, what'd you run away for? I had to. Sure. I did. You pulled a lot of fathead stunts in your day, Hannigan, but this is the worst. You've got to believe me. Why? Because you know I wouldn't kill anyone. This was supposed to be my day off. Would you like to hear about my day off? Gloria and I were supposed to go to the beach, but what happens? She has to work, and I have to sit in a one-room apartment all day with the humidity at 96%. Oh, that's so then we go to an air-conditioned movie to get away from the heat, and what happens? Some joker sits about ten seats away, and all he does is eat rattle paper and talk. I was So lovely. then we get out on the street, and I stop to buy a paper, and what's plastered all over the front page but that silly Irish map of yours. Then the light goes on. Still. If I'd only known it was you in the movie. Still. Now I'm back here in the station. We've got a general alarm out for you, and it was some day off, huh? Deal. Yeah. I need some help. Help? I wouldn't help now you listen to me. if you were the last Irishman on earth. Now listen. And another thing. When we pick you up, I'm going to throw the book at you. So help me. Listen. What? What do you know about Vince Agnetta? Why? What do you know about it? He was a two-bit gunman. Got mixed up in a smuggling racket about ten years ago and was sent up for fifteen years. Why? That's it. Is he out yet? I don't know. Why? Jim, a police car just pulled up out front. What? A police car. You had this call, Trace, do you? Oh, Hannigan. I won't forget this. Come on, Laurie. Here they come. Out the side door. Hey, hey, hey. Now what? Vince Sanyetta. I knew I'd heard the name before. Probably out on good behavior or maybe even made a break. I didn't know. I spent the night in a cheap hotel on the west side, and first thing in the morning, I went over to the pool room where Agnada used to hang out. But he hadn't been there for days. I was lucky, and I bought his address from a rack boy for ten bucks. I beat it over to a tenement on the Lower East Side, but the landlady told me he hadn't been there since yesterday. Then I remembered the shack on the west shore of Staten Island that had been used as a drop back in the smuggling days. I called Laurie, and she picked me up in her car at Times Square. She wanted to come along, but the pace was getting too hot, so I put her in a cab and headed for Staten Island. There was a cop at the ferry entrance, so I went back to the Brooklyn Bridge and took the 69th Street Ferry for the island. Things were going too smooth. I drove out along the west shore till there was nothing but me in the dunes. Through Green Ridge, then about five miles past New Springville, I saw it. One of those old, weather-beaten houses with a lot of gingerbread. All the shutters were drawn and not a sign of life anywhere. I pulled into the yard. Hey, somebody's home. I want to talk to you, Agnetta. Beat it, cover. I'm no cop. Beat it. I'm Jim Hannigan from the Bulletin. Who? Hannigan from the Bulletin. Stand up. Okay. 
Guy. Yeah. How'd you get out here? I got ways. Hurt bad? Six slugs in me. I'm about to get you to a doctor. Get back! Okay. Uh, what do you want? What do you know about Cyrus P. Smith? What, he? What? I ain't talking. I know you set him up for the job. So? Who killed him? Come on, Anyeta, who are you shielding? Get Why did Derubo have you gunned? Afraid I talk. That doesn't make sense. What? He's afraid you'll talk, so he has you shot down, and now you won't talk. So? What are you shielding him for? Why should I help you? Now look, Agnetta. Unless I get you to a doctor, you'll probably die. <sighs> and I'll never be able to get Derubo. Suppose I... I don't crawl. You're dying on your feet right now. Shut up! See? Get back! Okay. Okay, what do you want? Who killed the old man? <laughs> I did. You? Yeah. But Darubo said it was a soft touch, see? Just, just routine. But then when I found out there was a big fish like, like you in the line, I, I, I wanted more dough. Always that way. Knock over some little guy nobody cares about. Gets hushed up in a hurry, that's easy. Get a, get a big shot mixed up in it and everything goes haywire. Takes dough. I've been in it before. I know. Derubo wouldn't pay and try to kill you so you wouldn't talk. Yeah. <coughs> Get back. back. Not taking me in. I don't want you, Anyetta. I want the big guy. <coughs> if you sign a statement, I'll see it goes easy on you. No. Anyetta. Anyetta. I'm getting... Dead. Now what? Phone. There must be a phone around here. and told her what to do. Then I beat it back to town. The guy at the ferry wanted to know how my windshield got busted and I told him somebody took a shot at me. He said I was lucky I didn't get hit. I was back in town by four o'clock and went right over to Derubo's apartment. The doorman said he wasn't in, so I went up and waited. Amazing how many doors a $10 bill will open. It was one of those real lush joints, all glass and chromium with a potted palm every five feet. I've been there about a half an hour when I heard this key in the lock. Hello, smart boy. You're not surprised? No. I said I'd see you again. I've been expecting you. Oh. I thought you'd be here sooner. I was tied up. <laughs> yeah. So what do you want? Plenty. Drink? No. We won't have time. Uh, we're going someplace? Right down to the paper. I want to get the story before the cops do. You acting pretty sure of yourself? I know some things you don't. Like what? I found Vince Agnetta. Alive. I was worried about Vince. And he talked plenty. I'd like to see Agnetta. Don't worry. He's where you'll never find him. Oh, I know you're not bluffing. Anyata hired Cy Smith for a hundred bucks. Smith came to my office and got me out in the hall. Anyata shot him, but he thought it was a pushover. When he found out it was bigger than that, he came to you for more money. When you wouldn't give it to him, he threatened to talk, so your boys took him out for a little air. But it didn't work. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, that's right. Want any more? No. You make mistakes, too. I thought of that. Put the gun away. What stops me if I shoot you now? My office knows where I am. If I'm not back at the paper by five o'clock, they'll have you picked up for my murder. Now, we got ten minutes. What are you going to do, Derubo? What can I do? You think of everything. Yeah, I thought you'd be smart. You've already got two murders against you. Two? Yeah. Who? Smith and who? And yet I may be. Huh? 
knew you was bluffing, smart boy. You mean that? Hey, I'll teach you punk and shoot me, go. Scum, my arm. Drop it, drop it. Hey, I'm... Not just you and me. All right, punk. Well, this is better. Smart boy. No guns. Just us. Now, get up, get up, you punk. You got more coming. No, no, no. I'll kill you. No, no, stop it. Stop it. Kill you. I'll kill you. No, no stop it. Stop it. I'll do anything, anything you say. Anything at all. Hannigan, please. I've gone through a lot to get this story. <laughs> now, come on, smart boy. Your shoulder all right? That's uh, okay. Let me help you off. Oh, stop it. with your fussing. Mean old man. <laughs> oh, there, see? All right. Oh, I love the excitement just before the curtain goes up. Yeah, yeah. I can hardly wait to hear. I've never been in a... You're not even listening, Jim. There's Big Boss Scully. Where? Over there. With all the wheels from Universal Steel. Hannigan. Huh? You promised. But there might be a... No sp- more stories, remember? Oh, Josie. No more playing with dynamite. I want people to like you. Oh, okay. And no more underworld connections. I said okay. That's best. There go the house lights. I'd still like to know where you got the ticket. I would. You're bothering me. Well, I would. Okay, okay. <laughs> Derubo. Title, Inside Story. A good example of what you get for a nickel in your evening newspaper. Well, friends, if you like Jim's story, why not come back again next week? I'll have a man who tried to build a new life by building the strangest house in the world. I like to call it Gateway. So, until next week, this is John Steele, saying a life of adventure is yours for the taking, wherever you find it. Only, don't look for it. It may find you. Well, goodbye and good hunting. John Steele, Adventurer, is produced by Robert Monroe, written and directed by Elliot Drake. Grant Richards with Curtis Jim. Also in our cast were Charlotte Lawrence, Ross Martin, Jack Arson, and Earl George. Don Douglas is John Steele. Musical effects were created by Doc Whipple, and your announcer has been Ted Malley. Remember, next week, Mutual presents Gateway, another story of suspense and action from the files of John Steele, Adventurer. This program came from New York. To bring listeners the most up-to-the-minute reports on happenings of importance all over the world, Mutual presents veteran commentators on the news every night, Monday through Saturday. Weekday evenings brings Gabriel Heater, the man who's a must for millions, as well as Bill Henry in a five-minute news capsule, and Frank Edwards, who reports on the domestic and foreign scene with penetrating insight. And on Saturday nights, the man who eyewitnesses accounts of wartime action brought him well-deserved fame, Cecil Brown, reports to mutual listeners on current newsmaking events. All these men, where you hear the announcers say, this is the Mutual Broadcasting System. There's more from the Whistler John Steele Adventurer, the Relic Radio Show, and all types of old-time radio at relicradio.com. You'll find all the shows listed there and our Shoutcast stream. Lots to listen to, all made possible by you. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com 
or click on one of the links on the website. Your support makes it all happen. Thanks, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.